This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show this week with me, Darius. We have a ton to discuss this week, but let me get you started with your sports fact of the day. And, of course, today is May 10th, so on this day in 1991, we have a little NHL fact for you this week. The Minnesota North Stars continue their incredible run through the Stanley Cup playoffs by defeating the, or excuse me, by defending champion Edmonton Oilers by a final score of 3-2 to two at Northlands Coliseum in Edmonton in Game 5 of the Campbell Conference Finals. The North Stars capture the series 4-1 over an Oilers club that won five Stanley Cups between 1984 and 1990. The 1990-91 edition of the North Stars posted a regular season record of just 27, 39, and 14, yet managed to qualify for the playoffs. Minnesota began the postseason by defeating the Chicago Blackhawks four games to two in six games. The North Stars then dispatched the St. Louis Blues with a 4-2 series triumph. In the Stanley Cup Finals, the North Stars lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in six games. Now, while we're on the subject of hockey, Let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are unfortunately out. They have been eliminated from the NHL playoffs due to a six-game series loss against the Boston Bruins. In Game 5, which was this past Saturday, the Jackets lost in Boston by a final score of 4-3. to And then the Bruins in Columbus defeated the Blue Jackets 3 to nothing thanks to a goal in the second period and then two goals in the third period to bring Columbus's season to an end. Let's get talking with some MLS action now as today the uh, or excuse me tomorrow the Columbus crew, crew will be facing off against LAFC the defending champions for the MLS the past few games for the Columbus crew, of course, last week I mentioned their 2 nothing loss against the Houston Dynamo. Then they traveled on to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., and lost 3-1 to against D.C. United. However, came back home, got their home momentum in Columbus, and defeated the Los Angeles Galaxy by a final score of 3-1, to thanks to Yassi Zardes in the 27th minute with a goal, Federico Higuain in the 53rd minute, and then last but not least, Hector Jimenez giving the crew a 3-0 lead in the 66th minute before in the 87th minute, Daniel Sterez scoring a goal. However, all too little too late for the Galaxy. The upcoming schedule for the crew include a trip to Minnesota to take on Minnesota United, but before that, tomorrow at 7.30, The defending champions, as I mentioned, LAFC, will be coming to town to face the Columbus crew. After their game in Minnesota, the crew will head out to Colorado to face the Rapids before coming back home to face NYCFC, Sporting Kansas City, and Orlando City. For FC Cincinnati, the other Ohio team, of course, tomorrow at 1 p.m., they host the Montreal Impact. In the past few games for FC Cincinnati. They have included losses against Philadelphia 2 to nothing, as I mentioned before. And then this past Saturday, they faced San Jose on the road. Although 
San Jose did receive a red card, meaning that one of their players was ejected from the game and they were reduced to only playing with 10 men. They were still able to hang on to a 1-0 victory over FC Cincinnati. As I mentioned, FC Cincinnati tomorrow will be hosting the Montreal Impact before heading out to Orlando to face Orlando City, and then they will come back home to take on the New York Red Bulls. The current standings in the MLS so far, Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Union, have topped the Eastern Conference right now, 20 points total. If you're an Eastern Conference MLS fan, this is the time to really be binge-watching MLS soccer because the top three teams each have, or excuse me, all have the same number of points. Philadelphia, thanks to six wins, two draws, and three losses, have a combined 20 points. The same exact scenario for D.C. United. Six wins, two draws, and three losses for a combined 20 points as well. Montreal Impact are in third place, again with 20 points, with six wins, two draws, and four losses. The Columbus Crew are in fifth place. They have 16 points. They are right up there with Toronto SC to take that fourth spot. The Crew currently with five wins, one loss, and or excuse me, five wins, one draw, and six losses. However, FC Cincinnati fans, it's still not looking too good for you guys as they only have two wins, two draws, but a whopping seven losses for only eight points. Only FC Cincinnati and New England are the only teams in the Eastern Conference who don't have at least ten points yet. In the Western Conference, LAFC... The defending champions have regained that top spot and have a two-point cushion over the second seed, LA Galaxy. Houston Dynamo are in third place with six wins, a draw, and a loss for a combined 19 points. And then also with 19 points, the Seattle Sounders with five wins, four draws, and a loss. Now, I know we've been talking about American soccer in the MLS, but let's head right on to the UEFA Champions League, where some dramatic soccer has been taking place. The second leg of the semifinals just concluded this week, so we have our final match all set up, but I'm not going to get to that just yet. Let's talk about the first leg of the semifinal, which I discussed with you guys last week. Ajax defeated Tottenham Hotspur by a final score of 1 to nothing, and then Barcelona destroyed Liverpool by a final score of 3 to nothing. So in terms of aggregates, Ajax leads Tottenham 1-0, Barcelona leads Liverpool 3-0. However, absolute depression for Barcelona fans right now as they had a chance, even if they tied the game or gave up two goals, Barcelona would still have been going to the UEFA Champions League final. However, due to a 4-0 loss to Liverpool, Liverpool has won the aggregate scoring by a final score of 4-3 sending Barcelona fans home heartbroken. Additionally, Tottenham Hotspur were able to defeat Ajax by a final score of 3-2, to two, which meant that the aggregate was tied 3-3. to three. So if you're a or an Ajax fan, that means, okay, there's still a chance we can get to the final. However, bad news. Due to the fact that Tottenham Hotspur wins the series on the number of away goals they've scored, so number of goal, goals they've scored on the road, they will advance to the UEFA Champions League final, which means that on the 1st of June at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Tottenham Hotspur and Liverpool will be facing off 
in the UEFA Champions League final. I definitely cannot wait, especially with how dramatic and entertaining this Champions League has for sure been. Now, in terms of top scorers for the Champions League, really essentially the same scores as we discussed last week. Lionel Messi, the only player with double-digit goals in this Champions League with 12. In second place, we have Dusan Tadic of Ajax, who has nine goals. Robert Lewandowski of Bayern Munich, who are, of course, out with eight goals. Interestingly enough, ladies and gentlemen, the top five players who are in who played in the Champions League this year, all of their teams, their respective teams, are out. None of the top five players who are in the final for the first of June have any have top five scorers, which is an extremely interesting fact, which shows you that team play really does benefit. However, team play really doesn't benefit for the Boston Celtics as they are out of the playoffs in absolutely dramatic fashion. You know, I'm extremely flabbergasted. You know, the, the Celtics winning game one by a final score of 112 to 90, right? You know, I remember a few weeks ago, Andrew and I were discussing who's going to win this series. And I said Bucks, and I believe it was six or seven, I can't recall. And Andrew told me, no, that's not true, Darius. The Bucks are going to destroy the Celtics. Well, after game one, I was kind of winking my eye and saying, you know, Andrew, I told you this is what was going to happen. I told you the Celtics were going to win this series. I didn't expect the Celtics to go up two to nothing on the road in Milwaukee. Come on, this is, these are the Milwaukee Bucks. These are the one seed. We expect them to get at least one win in, that two, in the two games at home, which of course they did. They blew out the Celtics, 123 to 102. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a big night with 29 points. Uh, you know, Eric Bledsoe, 21 points as well. And then here was the game that really decided the series. It was game three. Now I'll be 100% honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. I expected the Celtics to go up 3-1. I expected the Celtics to hold home court and actually perform like the basketball team that we expected to flip that switch. Unfortunately for Celtics fans, that was not the case. Giannis Antetokounmpo balled in Game 3, 32 points. George Hill, former Cav, 21 points with, for the Bucks. Kyrie Irving was held to 29 points. It's kind of strange that I said held, but we expected a big series from Kyrie. And 29 points, unfortunately, that wasn't enough. Jason Tatum, although he had 20 points, only had three assists. Marcus Morris Sr., whose Brad Stevens has commented on him being the most consistent player on the Celtics, only 16 points. Now, as I'm sitting and watching this game and as the final buzzer sounds, I'm thinking, you know, Game 4 is definitely a must-win. Game 4 is the most important game of the Celtics season. If they lose Game 4, they're going to go down 3-1. And if they go down 3-1, the series is respectively over. And guess what happens in Game 4? You expect the Celtics to come out firing on all cylinders, right? You know, their season's on the line. If they go down in this game, their season is pretty much over. They scored 30 points 
in the first quarter, led by eight in that first quarter, 22 to 30. But then guess what? They got outscored in all three of the other quarters. That's definitely what you want if you're a Boston Celtic fan, right? They get outscored by six in the second quarter. They get outscored by 10 in the third quarter. And they get outscored by four in the fourth quarter. Giannis Antetokounmpo had another big night. Both the games in this series in Boston, Giannis put up over 30 points. 32 in game three, 39 in game four. George Hill, again, over 10 points in both these games in Boston. 15 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds for the former Cavs. And then once the Celtics went down by a final score of 3-1, the series was over. Let's be 100% clear. The reason this series was over is because how could you expect the Celtics down 3-1 to win in Milwaukee? Now, I will admit, the reason that this season has been so bitter for the Celtics, the re- that cherry on top to put an end to this absolutely disappointing season is the fact that they got blown out of the Pfizer Forum. Now, I've heard a lot about the Pfizer Forum. It seems like a very nice facility. Um, a lot of NBA analysts have been talking about how prestigious is, how beautiful it looks on the outside. Well, guess what? The Celtics got blown out of that building. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks were only up by three after the first quarter, outscored the Celtics by 10 in the second quarter, by five in the third quarter, and then by seven in the fourth quarter. Now, Kyrie Irving, right? He's the star of the Celtics. We said he's the leader of the Celtics. The reason he left LeBron and the Cavs was to be a leader. Guess how many points that Kyrie Irving put up on Wednesday? Nope, not 40. In an elimination game, mind you. No, not 40, not 30, not 25, but 15. 15 points for the all-star guard. A lot of people are saying this guy could be the most skilled player in basketball. I mean, with what he's seen, how can you not put him into that conversation? But here's where it gets tricky for Kyrie. If you're supposed to be a leader, it takes more than just your skill on the court. And we saw that with the situation of Terry Rozier. Seven points in Game 5. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Rozier this season has averaged nine points. Nine points. In fact, in Game 3, 14 minutes, big fat donut for Terry Rozier. And look at these he's barely attempting shots. All of 3 from the field in Game 3 on May 3rd. All of 2 from 3-point range a rebound, and a steal. Terry Rosebeer has been an absolute shell of himself. Now, let's be 100% honest here. We didn't expect Terry Rozier to be the way he was in the last year's playoffs because, of course, Kyrie was coming back, and you're going to have to integrate him into the offense. But, ladies and gentlemen, I did not know that it would get this bad. In fact, in his Game 4 press conference, Kyrie Irving said, you know, after attempting almost 22 shots, He says, oh, I should have attempted more shots after he only scored what? After he scored just 23 points, 7 of 22 from the field, saying I should have just taken more shots. That's not the definition of a leader. And it highly questions me. Or it makes me question. Where will he go next season? Will he stay 
or will he head to New York? Will he head to L.A.? That's not a topic I want to get into right now because that's what we're going to be talking about all summer long at the Cleveland Sports Show. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, to conclude this disastrous season for the Celtics, I want to show you guys er, a clip from Brad Stevens discussing his troubles during this frustrating season for the Celtics. Now, when you look at the Celtics, and I'll say this as a wrap-up on this series, the fact that Gordon Hayward started in the lineup, was in the starting lineup at the beginning of the season, led me to question why, why after suffering such a brutal injury, is he all of a sudden in the starting lineup? That completely shattered. You know, opening night, you know, those question marks, why is he starting? But the fact that the Celtics were supposed to make the NBA Finals and even beat the Warriors in the Finals, that, that overshadowed this small Gordon Hayward starting lineup incident. But as the season progressed, as once the Celtics had a dismal 49-33 and record, you could see that Gordon Hayward wasn't contributing enough. The minutes he was getting, of course he's not going to be on his A game. He just suffered a dr traumatic injury. I, don't, I didn't expect him to average 25. But in the massive number of minutes that he was getting, you have to think if you're a Celtics fan, why was he getting so many minutes? Just think about this. 33 minutes, 10 points in Game 3. 27 minutes in Game 6, 2 points. 22 minutes in Game 5, 7 points. Now again, am I frustrated with Gordon Hayward's performance? No, if these minutes were shortened. Now, if he had seven points in five minutes, okay, that's fine. But 22 minutes, if you're going to be trusted to play 22 minutes, you have to be able to be more productive. Now, I want to conclude this series with a congratulations to the Celtics. A congratulations for a team who were supposed to make the NBA Finals and even beat the Warriors. The Celtics made the playoffs. So I just want to say congratulations to the Boston Celtics. You deserve a round of applause for supposedly supposed to be going to the NBA Finals but couldn't make it out of the second round because of poor performances at home. Now that concludes Kyrie Irving and the Celtics season, but that does not conclude the 76ers and Raptors series, as last night the 76ers defeated the Toronto Raptors by 11 points. Now, the game was decided really in the third quarter. The Raptors put on some give-me points, and 76ers um, laid down a bit, so that's why it was a little closer than we think. Kawhi Leonard, 29 points, the only player above 25 points last night for the Raptors, but for the 76ers, everyone was contributing. Tobias Harris, 16 points. Jimmy Butler, 25. Joel Embiid, who's had his health issues with 
17 points. And then Ben Simmons, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 17 points all in 36 minutes. These are the numbers that we need to be seeing. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right here, right now, there is no one possibly who is a bigger fan of James Ennis III than me. Yes, that's right. James Ennis III. No, not LeBron James, not LeBron James. I love LeBron James. James Ennis III is a huge difference maker. Now, yeah, he only had five points and three assists, but he had eight rebounds. This guy's tenacity on the defensive end really is a huge help for Brett Brown and the 76ers. In fact, on the trade deadline day, back in early February, when the Rockets said that they had traded um, James Ennis to the 76ers, I was thinking, you know what, that could actually work out for Philadelphia. That's a great move by them. And the fact that they were able to snatch Jonathan Simmons from Orlando and give away Markel Fultz, that's exactly what they wanted. The problem is, though, I see for the 76ers is that Jonathan Simmons is not being utilized enough. And here's what I mean. Do you guys remember in the 2016-17 season with Kevin Durant's first stint with the Warriors that Jonathan Simmons and the San Antonio Spurs were demolishing the Houston Rockets in Game 6 of the Western Conference semifinals. Do you remember when Jonathan Simmons was balling on everyone? This guy's had a career high of 34 points with the Magic. Jonathan Simmons can play basketball, okay? He can play defense as well. So, Brett Brown, if you're listening, you know, everyone's complaining, oh, the Sixers don't have a strong enough bench. Well, guess what? Maybe if Jonathan Simmons plays a little bit more, if T.J. McConnell can get back that tenacity that he has defensively, guess what? You might be able to win Game 7. You know why? Because if you can stop guys like Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, who else do the Raptors have? Not Serge Ibaka. Embiid can stop him all day if healthy. Again, if healthy. And the only guy that the Sixers probably won't be able to stop on Sunday is Kawhi Leonard. So if you can give Jonathan Simmons some minutes, this guy is active. This guy is young. The fact that the 76ers were able to get someone like Jonathan Simmons and James Ennis III on draft day, a big bonus for them. And yes, you know, I'm not saying Jonathan Simmons play 48 minutes, play you know Nikola Jokic game three minutes, but give this guy some minutes because he can ball. I'm telling you guys that right now. James Ennis, Jonathan Simmons definitely deserve more minutes. Now, of course, their stats aren't going to say that, but their presence on the basketball court will. Now, as I mentioned, Game 7 of this awesome series will be on Sunday at 7 p.m. You can catch the game on TNT. The winner of this game will face the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, in Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Our next series, which is the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers, is also going to a seventh game. As of right now, as I'm speaking, we don't know the time in which Game 7 will be, but we know where it's going to be, and that's going to be at the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City. Last night, the Nuggets were not able to close out the series in Portland as 
the Blazers defeated the Nuggets by a final score of 119-108. to 108. Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum combined for 62 points. Rodney Hood, the former Cav, with 25 points. So all these former Cav players who are now on playoff teams are actually doing their job and playing well. You know, as a Cleveland sports show host um, and a Cleveland Cavs fan, this makes me wonder, is there something going on with the Cavs that we really don't know, or is it just because they're so terrible that uh, no one really wants to play well? But, you know, the Cavs aren't in the playoffs, so we don't need to talk about the Cavs right now. We definitely need to talk about the Denver Nuggets. Paul Millsap, 17 points last night. Nikola Jokic, the Joker, with 29, 12, and 8 as Jamal Murray with 24 points, 5 assists, and 10 rebounds. And last, ladies and gentlemen, but certainly not least, we have a sixth game in the Western Conference Finals. And because this is a Cleveland sports show, we sometimes don't, we don't like showing bias, but because the Warriors are involved, of course we're not going to be very happy with the Golden State Warriors. So Cleveland fans, I have some good news, and Houston fans as well. Kevin Durant will not be available for the rest of this conference semifinal series. Now the Warriors are up 3-2 to two and have a chance to close out this series tonight in Houston. By the way, you can catch Game 6 tonight on ESPN at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Durant is not going to be available for the next two games. Now what does that mean if I'm the Houston Rockets? Now, I really like how on ESPN First Take, I was watching it this week, they were talking, Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith were talking about that this was the moment that the Rockets have been preparing for. In fact, it was actually Will Kane on the show who really emphasized this. This is the moment the Houston Rockets have been waiting for ever since they got Chris Paul. Not just the season, not just in this series, you know, but from day one, when Chris Paul set foot in Houston, Texas, this is the moment they have been waiting for. If they squander this moment, they will never be able to recover from it. History, this moment in history, will never leave them, even if they have success in the future. If they cannot defeat the Warriors without Kevin Durant, they will not ever forget it. Now, now, a lot of you will say, well, the Warriors without Kevin Durant won a championship in 2015 against the Cavs in six games. Well, guess what? It took LeBron with a crew of Matt Della Vadova as a second-place player, took the Warriors to six games. Not only that, at that time, the Warriors actually had a bench. Remember David Lee, Leandro Barbosa, Sean Livingston, who of course still plays, you had Andre Iguodala as well, who also is still on the Warriors. Well, let's be honest here. They had to give up a lot of cap space, including Harrison Barnes for Kevin Durant. Now that Kevin Durant is out, is Jordan Bell going to suddenly surprise us and get 50? Is Caban Looney going to go for a triple-double? So who are the guys you have to stop? Of course, it's the Splash Brothers. And, you know, we know Curry's been dealing with that hand a bit. And Thompson has been struggling to find his rhythm in the series, although he had a terrific Game 5. 
where he put up 27 points in 44 minutes, 11 of 20 from the field, five three-pointers, shot 50%, five of 10 in game five. But ladies and gentlemen, other than Curry and Thompson, if the Rockets can stop them, there is no question that they should be able to win this series. James Harden and Chris Paul need to be as keen as ever and as hungry as ever. This is probably, this is a once in a lifetime chance, ladies and gentlemen. The Warriors are not going to have Kevin Durant for the next two games. Now, yes, you're down three to two, you have to take it game by game, but the Rockets have to be able to start well. In fact, you know, I was listening on the radio last night on an ESPN show that we will see last, or excuse me, t tonight, the way the Rockets start, we will see how the series will go. If the Rockets can start this game on the right foot and force a Game 7, ladies and gentlemen, I have no reasoning of why they can't win Game 7 on the road in Oakland. They have lost all their games in Oakland in this series by single digits. Game 1, they lost by 4. Game 2, they lost by 6. In Game 3, they lost by 5. Their worst loss in Oakland has been by 6 points. So I'm telling you, the Rockets can do this. Now, I want you guys to get a clip of what Steve Kerr had to say on Kevin Durant's um, current injury situation and how he will be able to bounce back from it. So let's listen to Steve Kerr. What do you have for us, Steve? You know, calf strain. Um, he's had them before. He's responded well. And... Uh, Obviously, we're disappointed he won't be able to play, um, you know, in this series. Uh, but, uh, you know, if we're able to, to win the series and move on, it uh, looks good for, for his return, uh, you know, in the not-too-distant future. So there you have it. Of course, Steve Kerr confident that if the Warriors are able to win this series, that Kevin Durant will be back for them in the conference finals. But ladies and gentlemen, this is Houston's time. If Houston want to get past the Warriors, it is right now, tonight and Sunday. As I mentioned, tonight, Game 6 will be in Houston. Tip-off time is at 9 o'clock, and then if the Rockets are able to force that Game 7, they will have that game on for you on ABC. Tip-off time is at 3.30. That is if we have a Game 7 in Oakland on Sunday. And last but certainly not least, let's get into some Cleveland Indians action as the Indians in this past week have been almost over 500 baseball right now. A 10 nothing loss this past Cinco de Mayo against the Seattle Mariners, 10 to nothing. And then they didn't, they didn't improve against the Chicago White Sox as they lost at home at Progressive Field, 9 to one. The Indians then lost again to the White Sox at home, two to nothing, which extended their losing streak to three. However, this past Wednesday, the Indians were able to get a 5-3 win over Chicago before dismantling the Red Sox yesterday in a 5-0 win at home in Progressive Field. Now tonight, the Indians are in Oakland to take on the Athletics for a three-game stint in Oakland. The Indians will then head to Chicago to face the White Sox for two games, hoping to get some revenge against the White Sox. The Indians then will return home for a four-game series with the Orioles before 
the Athletics come to Cleveland and Progressive Field to face off against the Indians. So, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our show for this week. Sorry that Andrew wasn't able to make it this afternoon. However, we're going to be back with you next week with a lot to talk about, especially with the NBA playoffs conference finals, which should be getting started at the time of our next episode. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't yet, make sure you go to NordoniaHills.News and look at some of the awesome things that our students have been posting. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Nordonia Sports. If you have any questions, comments, any of your thoughts on what I've said in these past few weeks, you know, about any sports talk fix that I've discussed, feel free to let me know on Twitter. But until then, guys, have a terrific week and enjoy the multitude of sporting events that we have for you. Until then, guys, thank you very much for listening to the Cleveland Sports Show. I'll see you next time.